Welcome to the Information Entry Podcast. On today's episode, Pause and People takes us on a deep dive into the co-evolution of humans and their beloved pets. As we explore this symbiotic relationship, we'll uncover how our lives and those of our pets are interwoven through history, emotions, and biology. From the first wolves that walked beside us to the cats that grace our homes in modern times and the birds that fill our lives with songs, and we examine how these relationships have shaped our evolution as much as we have shaped theirs. My name is Mitchell. As per usual, I am John joined by Tom. How are you going, Tom? I'm good, mate. Thank you. How are you? I'm doing, I'm doing all right. Good, good. Just, you know, just chilling. Just chilling. Uh, the Information Entry Podcast. Let's uh, dive straight into it. Whoop, whoop. That was Again, a solid Tom, intro is, there, this, mate. This is where you like throw into the music. Yeah, man, I thought that was right. Yeah. That's even what I had written down. That was like freeboarding half of that. Damn. <laughs> Take you out. We don't need no scripts. No, well, <laughs> scripts. There are no scripts here. Um, yeah, man, it's been it's been it's been a long week with two uh, two storms yes. and some flights in between. That one of them for me was not successful. No, and leaving a storm and entering the same one again at a different stage. Maybe. Yeah, essentially. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, even like landing in Glasgow and it being the tail end of the storm and the pilot being like, yeah, no, still the storm is still around. It's going to be a bumpy ride going down. I'm like, oh, brilliant. Yeah. Well, you made so it, it up. settled my mood. You made it up north on a, for once. On a Monday morning. Yeah, I was in Glasgow for a full week for Burns Night on the Thursday. Yeah. How did you enjoy uh, your stay? Um, it's Glasgow. Apparently Glasgow is <laughs> outside of work. There wasn't much outside of work, yeah, unfortunately. Fair. It was quite, pretty, pretty hectic days. Uh, but I, I really like Scotland. I like Glasgow. I love, love the people, love the food. Uh, there's, I think, more food-focused people than, like, the English. So, like, when there's, like, food places, they normally tend to be, they tend to be better. Yes, yes, like, I, I would agree. Um, like, if you just go to, like, a, like, a, like a, we went to a couple of places, like, just food shops on the corner. Uh, one was, like, a deli that did, like, breakfast and lunch stuff. Um, they're always packed. And they're always doing good food. And one of the things I always think is quite funny, which you don't really see down in England as much, especially down here in the South, is like doing like a soup. Like people have soups with whatever they order. Oh, okay. like we went to like a place called Pieces in Glasgow and I got like a, I think it was like a Reuben. But like the, the instead of it being like a snack or a chocolate or something like that, it'll be like, here's a Reuben and also um, some soup. And they put it in like a coffee mug, like a coffee cup. Like oh, that's not, well, honestly it's chilly as hell up here so you need it yeah it just warm sense. you up on the inside totally makes sense mm. yeah but i went to the, the new the new office for the company i work for and it's like full we're trying to be cool and hip and like google and i thought it was really funny uh, you got a slide and things uh no slide in bristol there's a slide oh uh in the one in glasgow there isn't a slide but there is like there's a sweet shop that's one of the office room meeting rooms. There's like a popcorn. There's like one that's supposed to be like an old cinema and there's old cinema seats in it. And there's a popcorn machine in the corner, like an old styly that you can go and actually turn it on and make your own popcorn. Wow. Um, there's, there's a circular table with like swings of seats that are set up. It's like this, like if imagine like a, like a frame that's like a circle with like the pillars coming down. It's like that round a table. Uh, it's just like, cool hipster yeah. <laughs> place to work it's a nice place really nice good um, but yeah but I unfortunately didn't get to, to go out as much because yeah just it's one of those things where you when you travel for work it gets the evening and you're just knackered especially like when you're doing do something it. that's like full-on as well yes um, like mentally it's not even like yeah, physically exactly. draining but like when you're being mentally punched the whole day by the time <laughs> you get to the end of it you're just like i just want food and then to sit in a dark room for, yeah, for a while you need you need that, yeah. that mental recuperation to face yes. the next day would love to go back for like a less stressful trip and see it again because i've been up before my sister used to live in glasgow and we went to we saw her a couple of times up there yeah well mate you're welcome up anytime we'll make a day of it mate, you're a bit too far north too far north for me Oh, I'm not that hours, much but... further north of uh, Glasgow. Oh, it's like an hour and a half. Yeah. It's like from here to Bristol. East. Yeah, northeast. Barely north. That's northeast, mate. Okay. Uh, don't even okay. try Okay, all right. Well, you wouldn't have to come to me. <laughs> I could come to Glasgow. Mate, east, <laughs> east from Glasgow is Edinburgh. Yeah, then just a little bit north. <laughs> just a tiny bit, you know? Just a tiny bit. Just a tiny bit. Yeah. Oh, dear me. 
All right, then. Keep your secrets. <laughs> <laughs> Have you got any news for us this week? Yeah, some sad news this week. Oh, we talked no. about this earlier this week, but we've got some sad, sad news. It's all about NASA's Ingenuity Helicopter. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes, this was so, the correct news of the week. Uh, yeah. But it is sad news. Uh, after three years, NASA's Ingenuity helicopter, the first spacecraft to undertake a powered flight on another world, has ended its mission. Full Officials at the agency confirmed on January the 25th after the history-making quadcopter sustained damage to one of its rotor blades and is no longer capable of flying. Sad. Laura Glay said, while we knew this day was inevitable, it doesn't make it any easier. Did this during a news conference on the status of the quadcopter. The aerial robot vastly outperformed its initial expectations because I remember we we discussed it say, on, yeah. on a podcast and said like they don't they didn't even know if it was going to fly the first time because because of the conditions if there was possibly like too much um, like nitrogen nitrogen rich environment that kind of stuff. But it it yeah it outperformed its initial expectations, which was to fly just only a handful times over the thirty days. The idea was to demonstrate flight was possible on Mars, then ground itself. Ingenuity instead overtook a total of 72 flights, travelling 14 times further than planned and logging more than two hours of total flight time. During its travels, the helicopter did fly, did more than fly. It became part of science missions. Um, it made 3D elevation maps of its surroundings and went places that the Perseverance, which was the land-based vehicle, couldn't get to and scouted potential sites for the rover's scientific observations yeah so i'm I'm, to discover sorry yeah was that no carry on sorry it helped to discover that unlike earth the speed of sound on mars's atmosphere depends on pitch which is likely due to its carbon dioxide rich nature it also demonstrated the ability to autonomously choose landing sites cleaning itself after dust storms and snapping a ton of amazing photos of the martian landscape often including its own shadow wild we want to um, I was just time. saying, I'm looking at the JPL, Jet, uh, Jet Propulsion Laboratory, at NASA's website here uh, for the press kit that they launched um, to just kind of say what Ingenuity was meant to achieve. Um, so uh, it was just meant to show that, as you said, that a flight could be attainable because Martian atmosphere is only 1% as thick as Earth's. Um, but they said... Ingenuity Mars Helicopter flight test program will span no more than 30 souls and will have no impact or uh, or will not take part in any science uh, missions uh, for Perseverance either. But as you've just said, it completely outperformed that <laughs> like uh, goal that they had. Um, it's really, really impressive. Mm-hmm. And sad that it will... Uh, not be there but massive hope for the future yeah indeed indeed they just prove that it can work so i wonder if they're the next time they're gonna send a bigger one they're a bigger one yeah self fix itself that would be interesting or provide the rover with tools to uh fix because they have like little claws and things so just attach a screwdriver and something on that'd be interesting yeah first you'd have to work on one fixing itself and then be able to fix the other one because if you sent two and one was to fix the other robot, and the fixer robot went down, then you're in that same conundrum. Yeah, true, true. And then it's turtles all the way down. Yeah, it's turtles all the way down, as, as, as we <laughs> know. Turtles all the way down. Yeah. yeah. Um, Once you make machines that can build and fix them, that's, that's it. That's, that's the... That's the Holy Grail the right there, yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it does remind me also of the news that I gave a few weeks ago now um, of the first flight back to the moon which turns out failed miserably and crashed back into the ocean at some point last week. Oh, yeah, what are you saying? <laughs> um, so I said I'd give everyone an update on that. That is the, that is the update, uh, Sag. Um, but yeah, I think everything, the payload and everything crashed back into the ocean at some point last week, uh, last week, as time of recording being the 15th of January. So yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, maybe you've heard of this already. If not, I did say I'd give an update and I forgot to do that last episode. Um, so, yes, just a, a quick one there. Mm-hmm. Cool. They failed. 
They're unfortunate. Um, loss of communication, so they couldn't rotate the solar panels to charge the battery quick enough, which meant, for some reason, another propellant valve didn't shut. So they lost oh, yeah. a lot of propellant, which meant they just couldn't complete the mission in the end. But they got their things back, so I guess that makes it cheaper to restart. At least. Mm-hmm. Cool. All right. So, pets. Pets. pets Paws and people. Paws and people. Sure I, I, I kind you of did. like went over your head with like calling it, calling that. But Absolutely. I, it was good. I, I like it that. It is. It's a great yeah. name. Um, Paws and people. So, I, I was having a discussion, and I'll, I'll come back on to this. Um, is where our love for animals comes from as humans. Because I think some people are very animal focused, some people are not. Um, but I, if I think back to our, you know, especially my childhood, I was exposed to things like the Blue Planet a lot and uh, nature style you know, books. I thought you were about to say Bluey then. And I was oh, like, <laughs> that's what? way after my time. Was that? I wasn't around. No. What are you chatting about? Um, like lots of animal focused books or media, uh, even nursery rhymes Deadly focused 60. on animals and things oh. like that, right? You've met him. I have. I have. Uh, recently what an absolute champion of a man yeah and that documentary where i met him and i'm pretty sure that we're in is like currently on sky showcase <laughs> so who are we talking about mate who are we talking about what's his name what sorry what's his name what's his name oh what's his name? why is that escaping me now you're questioning me oh steve bagshaw steve bagshaw steve bagshaw he's on the tv recently what was he on I watched Maybe that documentary, like, mate. Sure. Oh, he went on um, <laughs> Taskmaster, and I was like, you are oh, the he? least likely person That's that great. I thought to be on Taskmaster. Well, maybe I'll go watch that. Um, <laughs> it's good. So I was questioning whether our love for animals is nature versus nurture. Is it something that we're innately born with, or is it conditioned in us when we're children? And then if we show an interest in that, uh, it's compounded, because mm-hmm. then we get more of those things. So I'll come back to that later, but that kind of led to this... Um, episode and uh, of course george has a dog inspiration nelly as well so i've been forced <laughs> to give that shout out uh um so yes this is for all the pets out there um i've got some fun facts all the pets on there. finally for once oh yeah dog fun facts oh, sorry, um, fun do fact. you have any yeah. oh i got some fun facts yeah of course yeah, are they fun this time wow <laughs> <sighs> Uh, yeah okay uh, cognitive skills is one of them studies have shown that dogs can understand over 150 words and intentionally deceive other dogs and humans to get treats yeah i have experience with that yes yeah yes that's the, i'm not hungry i don't need this uh there's a um i can't remember the name now but a wonderful dog online where a woman taught the dog the buttons with the words on it yes and it speaks through pressing the buttons yeah um, I don't. You, the scientist in me, the behavioral scientist, yeah, just looks at that and goes, "You have no idea what's just happened before and after that thing is cut." Like it may be pressing buttons, or they may have just trained it to press buttons in that sequence and then turn the camera on once it's doing that. I don't know. There's there's too much. There's too much video evidence. It's not like a one-off. They have a whole TikTok channel, right? Exactly. But all you need to do is spend ten minutes training. Once the dog understands it needs to press buttons, you spend ten minutes training at which order to press the buttons in on that day. Record it. Do you know? Chip it. When we talk about like me watching movies and series and ruining for myself, yeah. Do you have the same thing when you watch things with animals online? Yes. Yes, I do. Um, I would love. To think that this is a really up hard <laughs> thing. Yeah. But actually, I, I really the inner part of your brain is. is like, that can't work. That's not rubbish. Where, show me your paper. Write, write paper. Pretty much. <laughs> Otherwise, I think we, there would be a lot of papers on this, and there's just not. Um, especially as someone who's studying language development in animals. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, and my, my supervisor is very much like this as well, so it's, it's probably rubbed off on me a bit. Um, <laughs> but it's very pessimistic about animal videos that you see on the internet, um, mm-hmm. sadly. However, I think there is some things that they can uh, use those buttons for. I just don't think it's as complex as some of those videos show. Yeah. Yes. Like the one where it calls mm. her a bitch when she doesn't get the food. <laughs> yes. Uh, but yes. Anything else? Oh, my fun facts. Yeah. <laughs> Loads. Uh, 
health benefits. I think we talked about this more, and I'll talk about this in a little bit. But only a pet is linked with lower blood pressure and reducing cholesterol levels and decreased risk of heart rate. But I have a feeling that that's not just like having a pet decreases heart rate. I think it's like going on fifty percent and... Yeah, fifty yeah. percent of like animal owners have a dog and therefore have to walk their dog. So you're getting in your like you walk going out for a walk twice a day or three times a day, depending on how hyperactive your dog is or the size yeah. of it. Exactly. Um, so I think that's like they're not wrong. Cause and effect. But there, it's yeah, not it inherent. Um, also, I saw something on Science Alert this morning that was p- having a pet in old age significantly reduces the rate of cognitive decline. Yeah, it's like um, what is I always forget the name of it, the Ricky Gervais show where he's got the dog his wife dies oh after death after life after life yeah i think it has something to do with that i'm not saying like he had the cognitive decline but i think it like keeps you thinking about something else yes or someone else or looking to get up or just not fall into like the same old habit of yeah yeah. it's like yeah a motivator to keep yourself in your brain i don't know it's even like the the act of thinking or caring about something else has a big impact on like oh 100 active yes Exactly. Yeah. Um, so my fact is quite quite a big one, I suppose. Um, but the UK pet food distributor, they're just called UK Pet Food, um, do a survey <laughs> each year to understand, like just to try and get some data out there about the amount of pets in the UK. Um, and they've done this for the past 15 years. And normally it was done like in-person surveys, but COVID happened and they moved it online. So they're recommending not to compare online data to in-person survey data, which is fair enough. So I'll just look at the most recent one. Um, So for everyone who's outside of the UK, uh, for reference, the population in 2023 was estimated to be 67.7 million people. The survey was only used around 9,000 people and they've scaled it up. Um, So take it with a pinch of salt, but that they've mm-hmm. done models to calculate this and they've taken the average of the models rather than just purely scaling it up. Um, so the most popular pet in 31% of households are dogs. They estimate there to be around 12 million dogs in the UK, 11 million cats in 26% of households, 1.5 million rabbits, 1.3 million indoor birds, um, 1 million domestic fowl, in 1.3% of households, 1 million guinea pigs, 900,000 hamsters, tortoises, and turtles, 800,000 lizards, 700,000 snakes, um, and 15% of households have indoor fish tanks, with 11% of households having outdoor ponds in which there mm. are fish. Which is a, just a lot of animals. We're, we're yeah. a heavy nation, I would say. Increasingly so. I just, just love it. Yeah. We're thinking about, you know, getting a cat at some point. Yeah. Be delightful. Dink as but well. Yeah. Double income, no kids. I just, you call me a damn how rude. How, <laughs> how, very, how very rude. Yeah, no, yeah, there's, there's dual income, no kids. There's another one that's, that's further. Um, I, oh, like I don't know that one. Dual income, no kids. Like no mortgage, I think it is. It's, it's, it's something to do with like no mortgage at the same time. Oh, uh, like, okay. No mortgage. Like, dinkum. Yeah, variations no. <laughs> on dink. Um, fair dinkum. But yeah, so people haven't heard there's, that term uh, before. It's like a millennial gink. phrase, I suppose. <laughs> of, uh... there's, there's ginks. Green inclination, no kids. Oh, okay. Oh, uh, dinkwad. Double income, no kids with a dog. There we go, yes. Dink wads. Uh, or dig, dig, dink wood axe. Double, in- double income, no kids with dogs and cats. It, it's fair. It's fair. Um, I think there um, is like a discrepancy in how maybe like our parents' generation would treat a dog compared to our generation. Um, I, th- I know some studies have shown that they're not treating them, they're not replacing them with children, but there's definitely more of like a Increase oh, no, in affection I toward. Think, I fully, I, I fully think it's like replacing the children. Like, I got, I got, like my personal opinion is like 
they've got no inclination to want kids doesn't even come on my radar but i'm like yes i could do with a single celled brained not single cell sorry <laughs> single brain cells not single, like a single cell organism yeah i just want an amoeba in a glass tank no uh, a single brain yeah, cat named john fair all i want in my life i respect that 100 percent. yeah and if you know it i just want a ginger cat named john just like, i love the idea of different like and then i can talk to people at work and be i can talk about john not tell them that i've got a cat and they'll i'll see how long, how long i can like tag them along mm. to think that am i talking about one of my friends that i've been to see or <laughs> chilled out with or have i talked about my cat i'll talk about it in such like a blase episode like yeah no me and john we just sat and chilled yeah until he started licking his balls yeah then he just started running after like a cat and um yeah then we just yeah then we just came home had some food and just uh blobbed out nice uh so you, you can you'll be joining the other people who spend 9.6 billion pounds on pet related products in the uk uh, last I don't have year nine million pounds to spend no but you'll be contributing to that Yes. Um, <laughs> which is nearly double what was spent 10 years ago. Yeah. Uh, so, yes, yeah, I think there's a babies, slight change there. More on animals, as it should be in this world. <laughs> animals. I'm not saying there's too many of us, but better place if there was more cats and less babies. To be honest, dogs are better people. <laughs> dogs are better people. Dogs are better people. Well, yeah. Well trained dogs are, are better people. Well, oh, that comes that from being a responsible dog owner. Yeah. Um, and that Cats comes from... people. Well, they just go around murdering everything. They have no impulse control. What, cats? Yeah. Yeah, but cats can't murder humans. No, but they dogs can cats. murder the local ecosystem. Birds. What? Mice. Like dogs. Well, no, but they... If you're a responsible dog owner, that doesn't really happen. But cats are just kind of let out. The amount of animals that cats kill in like uk ecosystems is actually devastating um amount of cat Tom, if you're trying to persuade me not to get a cat it's not happening i'm getting a cat no no that's fine if, you, if you're getting a cat and indoor cat i'll be an indoor cat that's that? fine or compromise compromise mate i'm not off telling you off i'm just saying no no it's it's a, it sounds like it is mate no <laughs> not at all mate I, I ain't judging you i support your cat it endeavors like you're judging me um so, as I said at the top of the show, the reason why I wanted yes. to do this was exploring where does our, our love for animals come from? Is that nature, nurture? Yeah. Um, is that the Murdering fluffy toys things. we're giving? Is that as, the books? As with all things in human history, it's just straight up murdering other things. Straight up murder. Uh, is what, where uh, <laughs> it comes from. Um, so I did try and research this, but actually it turns out it's a very difficult thing to pin down. And researchers have looked at this. Um, but many different people have different ideas. Um, so I'm just going to give a, a quick like overview of the main things that I've found. Um, one of these is evolutionarily, like evolutionary roots. So some researchers argue that because we have co-evolved with animals for such a long time, especially early humans probably benefited from cooperative relationships with certain animals, whether for survival or hunting or just being alert. So if you've got a flock of birds nearby and they suddenly... Um, you know, fly off. Pretty sure there's some like something's caused that disturbance, right? It's going to increase your chance of survival there. Um, we also have coevolution with dogs, birds, cattle, cats, and various other animals as well. Um, companionship and emotional bonds. I think you know people just know that now. Humans are social, and we know that humans can form very strong bonds with a variety of animals. Um. And pets, especially things like dogs, cats, seem to form that as well. Now, I think there are two very different brains going on there for comparing dogs and cats. I think they've done some tests to suggest that cats think they own you. Whereas dogs are just more part of the pack. Um, yes. However, I didn't look at that, so don't quote it. That's just coming off the top of my head. Um there are also cultural and social influences. So various cultures and history hold different animals in high regard, uh, attributing symbolic meanings to them, for example. Yep. So growing ancient up in Egypt, ancient Egypt cats. and cats. Growing Hinduism. 
I was about cows? to say, uh, India, Hinduism especially, you probably teach you that cows are sacred animals. Um, that's relating to, that's their relation to mothers, which I didn't know before. I decided to look that up. <laughs> Rude. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I think it comes from, not that they're calling mothers cows, the fact that cows give their young milk as humans do. So they, they see and revere cows as motherhood spiritual creatures. Um, however, if I'm wrong, let me know. Instagram at infoentropod. Um, <laughs> we also have educational initiatives, right? So I think this is a part of where my love for animals came from and this exposure to educational programs and initiatives like yes. the Blue Planet and just start. biology and being like, oh, that's wicked. Why does a shark sense where I am? and all the vortices around its head that's happening at the same time because it's scary. Um, but learning about the local environment and nature's impact on it, right? The People's love for bees has significantly increased in the past 15, 20 years, right? For the whole Save the Bees project and just knowing yeah. about them. Um, so much Isn't so. Isn't there a whole species that has been saved? And there, but the, so there's others which haven't. So the general honeybee, Apis mellifera,s has is doing incredibly well because everyone and their nan has an apiary and is farming them now. The other bees are actually yeah. doing worse because they're being outcompeted by the honeybees now, which aren't always native, especially your solitary bees. They're just not having a good time right now. Um, yeah. If you want to hear more about that, you can go back to our bee episode, uh, which was a few episodes ago, and we 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 covered that. A little bit as well. Um, it is. Bees. They're cool. Um, well, I had a question for you. Well, I guess you've answered it. What's like weird pet would you get? I was going to ask what pet would you get if you just kind of... Weird pet. What pet? I would get um, an, os- uh, I was gonna say an ocelot. It's not an ocelot, is it? An axolotl? An axolotl. axolotl. Um, yeah, salamander. So my supervisor has an axolotl. Yeah. And um, when she was away for a conference, her partner and children went to get a second one, but didn't check the sex of that second axolotl. So when she came back, she had two axolotls and I think 300 eggs. Oh, yeah, that's fair. Um, So then they had to set up this whole rig of growing like a shrimp farm to feed the baby axolotls, the baby shrimp, as well as find space for <laughs> 300 <laughs> axolotls, uh, which they managed nice. to do. But obviously the they, success, the can you survival them? rate. Yes. They're about 40 pounds an axolotl. Um, oh, that's fair. That's fair. I think, especially if you get like people uh, after specific aesthetic color combinations. Yeah, um, there's, there's like, like um, pink ones or a gold. It's yeah, got a gold one. There's like a mosaic one. There's a GFP one, which is like blue. You've got oh. the albino, which is the the normal one, which is where it's yes. like the pink. Um, there's a lavender one, firefly one where the tail's pink, but the main body's like black. Oh, that's cool. Um, yeah, or a silver dalmatian, which is like spotted, or the enigma. Um, and all the different ones, they they don't know they've got the, the three um things on the thrills on the sides of their heads. The gills. That's how they breathe. The gills, yeah. yeah. That's how they, the, um they all they're all different. So some of them have like got really curly ones, like the, yeah. the, the Enigma, or the Silver Dalmatian have got like really like pointed ones. Another reason that I would get it is in case it morphed, because I think that's such a wild thing yeah. to exist in the world. It's mad, <laughs> is isn't it? How they can spontaneously turn from aquatic animals to air-breathing land creatures. Um, and what's really sad is a lot of people that own them don't realise that it's a thing. It can happen. Yes. So they will be like, what the fuck's going on with my... Uh, <laughs> axolotl and then won't prepare some like an on land section so uh, they'll right, like yeah. get really tired and then they'll drown oh that's sad yeah it's sad and it's something you should know if you're a axolotl um owner i've got a mug from etsy that's, oh, that's got cool. amazing, amazing loads of like cute axolotl stuff <laughs> and it's just got loads of them on and if you want one ping us a private message i've got some for sale <laughs> 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 um, you do, you we do get a weekly on that. axolotl update 
Um, so <laughs> I'll, I'll bring one next week. I'll bring it. I'll bring another update next week. Well, I'll actually yeah, bring an axe lot with you next week. I'll, br- I'll bring an update. Um, yeah, we could ship them in the mail. I'm pretty sure they ship fish in the mail. So I'm sure you could do an axe lot. Yes, can they I, do. Okay, yeah. do properly. Uh, yeah, I think you have to give it to a special like courier who you know doesn't tip yeah. it upside down and things. Uh, but yes, sh- fish are actually frequently shipped in the mail. It's uh, quite a process. Um, yeah. But yeah, so that was just a quick background on why, where my head was at when I was like, this is a question I was thinking about and speaking uh, about. And uh, that's what I came up with, but actually doing the research. That's fair, that's fair, that's fair. Sometimes you've got a question and it needs answering. Yeah, you've got loads of questions all the time. Yeah. That's, That's a PhD. Yeah. It's one big question. Do one of those if you're crazy. Yeah, I thought about doing a master's. Oh, I don't know what that's in. good. Do it. So, yeah, I don't know what I'd do it in. Like, there's, there's loads of stuff you can do in cyber security. Yeah. But a lot of it's like technical stuff. And that it makes sense because it gets a bit more set. specific. Yeah, like how to hack into a car or oh, something along those lines. It's because not governance-based. Like, yeah, all the governance, risk, and compliance stuff is all like you'd need a psychology master's. To do well, you it could do that. It's all to do with like getting people to think a specific way, or to yeah. like how do you coerce human behavior to do certain stuff, or why do people like the thing you talked about in cyber? Uh, we didn't cover in cyber psychology is like the um, shortcuts that people use and why like it's like ones. how do you stop yeah. people taking those shortcuts like. If you have a system that's really hard to log in, or I'm absolutely pain, or if you if you have like loads of passwords, um, people write. That's why they write their pass- passwords on post-it note and stick on their screen. Yeah, it's like how do you overcome that? And that is psychology, not really cybersecurity. So I don't know what. Maybe you could do a master's uh, that doesn't fully uh, specialize within your area, but just gives you extra information to make you better at what you already do. So you could do a more technical one, but that's going to give you more information to help you. In your current area, yeah. But uh, yeah. All right. That's I'll just cool. ask ChatGPT, see what the see what he says. Yeah, just do it. Yeah, just do, do it. it. Yeah. All right. Um, um what topic have you got? I then? had. Well, I got like the history of domestication. Oh, that was quite interesting. Yeah. Yeah, because it's. As we said, I'm not sure if I said it in one of my facts, but the evolution of pets and humans is quite interesting because we've essentially evolved together and yeah, have yeah. influenced each other's development. For example, dogs have developed the ability to understand human gestures and commands. Yep. I'm not going to say, like, not the same as pushing the buttons, but like, come by, you know. Goodbye. Yeah, you, you, you can teach shepherd. it to, to, to be anything, right? And whistles. Um, there's, like, we think they can understand the pointing gesture. Which is actually quite a rare thing. In um, mm. there's not many animals you can actually point, and they'll look where you're. Like for humans, it's so such a obvious thing to us, but for other animals, actually, it's not. Um, and I think dogs are one of the few animals that do understand the pointing gesture, and that would be um, our co-evolution, right? Yes. Yes. The history. Spanning very much into the past, like thousands of years, uh, for example, you know, do you like dogs? Do you like dogs? Can I pet that dog? Oh, um... No, not that one. Do you like dogs? (laughs) I don't know. Uh, I was going to say Snatch. I don't think I've seen not that. Not a lot of snocking two barrels. You haven't seen Snatch? Yeah, let let me Google it. Jason Statham. In back when he was doing Guy Ritchie movies. Oh, I think I have once. Yeah. Brad Pitt in it as well. Yeah, he plays the gypsy. No, sorry, Pikey, not a gypsy. Plays a Pikey. Oh, I think I have, but not for a long, long time. Yeah, okay. Well, that's the last one. But dogs hold the title of being the first domesticated animals, with evidence suggesting that their domestication from wolves occurred around 16,000 years ago in Europe. And then again, 14,000 years ago in Asia with two separate wolf lineages. So this is where they, but it happened separately in separate places, 2,000 years apart. That's mad. Yeah. 
It's absolutely crazy. The bond between humans and dogs has been both enduring and evolving, reflecting the significant roles dogs have played in various societies throughout history. Initially valued for their hunting skills, dogs' roles expanded over time, including herding, guarding, companionship. In ancient civilizations such as Egypt and Rome, revered dogs for their multifaceted contributions to society, from hunting and herding to serving noble companions. In more recent history, dogs have been recognized for their abilities for assistance animals in search and rescue operations, even detecting diseases, showcasing their incredible adaptivity, adaptability, not adaptability, and the depth of the human dog relationship. So, isn't it set? This dog is the ancient Greek dog. Uh, Anubis. Is like the Nubis, the doggy dog. Set, I think, was a a dog, as well. Um, yeah. Let me think. Ancient Egypt. Yeah. Set. Set. The trickster, sky god, all the best. Yes, but it's not saying he was the brother of Osiris. It's not saying what. Um. He looks fairly doggy. <laughs> Anteatery? I don't. <laughs> yeah, it is a dog. It's um, but it's this. I think it was like back from then. Uh, what did they say? It could be seen as resembling an aardvark, a wild dog, a donkey, hyena, jackal, pig, antelope, giraffe, ocapi, a saluki, yeah, a hybrid, or fox, like a hybrid, yeah. crocodile, leopard, hippo deity that ate the souls of the unrighteous. Yeah, fair. Uh, similar face to an okapi, minus the horns, if you know what an okapi looks like. I do, yeah. Which is similar to a giraffe with a sand tail. So maybe maybe that isn't. Anubis then, is a jackal, isn't like, it? Wasn't, weren't they? What, Anubis? Yes, Anubis is a, a jackal. More, definitely more doggy than set. Yes, definitely, yeah. Represented as a jackal. Yeah. And then Ra was, uh, was what? Bird. Which one? Um, I don't know actually, specifically. Right, uh, was a falcon. Yes. Uh, excuse me. I just sneezed. Um, yes. Right, was a well, was a falcon. Uh, Horus was they, they also all... a type of falcon as well. Yeah, they were all different animals. There was a vulture. Uh, hippo. I don't know what they all Bastet were. Bastet was a cat. Uh, <laughs> I wonder where you got that from, mate. Yeah. Where did that from? Arwe is um, a Sobek hippo. Crocodile. Sobek crocodile. Osiris yep. was just some dead guy. Uh, <laughs> Osiris is just some dead geezer. Uh, you had uh, Kum, which was a ram. Yeah. Reckley. Uh, Thoth was a bird. Um, Sekhmet, which was a jaguar, I'm pretty sure. Um, yeah. Um, in Geb. what's that? Geb wasn't. Geb wasn't Geb. a wasn't a creature, but just wore like a falcon. <laughs> was that had a falcon or like a bird that just sat on his head? There's that Marvel TV series with me, Moon Knight. Yes. <laughs> Moon Knight's fantastic. Which is absolutely incredible, by the way. The actor in I that is just it. incredible. What's what's he called? I absolutely love it. Moon Knight actor. Uh it is Oscar Isaac. Oscar Isaac, who's also yeah. in Star Wars and June. Like just just even also in just incredible. Ex, ex Machinima, if you don't know. Oh Can't yeah. Yes, him. Of course he is, yeah. He's been loads of things. He's okay. great. Uh, I I love that man. <laughs> um did Metal Gear Solid, if you didn't know the is movie. The new movie. Yeah, he's oh, confusing yeah. that. He plays Solid Snake. <laughs> no way! <laughs> yeah. uh, that's fun. Yeah, um, it's going to be great. Anyway, how did we get here? What were we wait, speaking about? I can't about? wait to see him. What were we speaking about? Yeah. Oh, sorry. Oh, yeah, let me get back on track. <laughs> so, the history of domestication. Next, we've got cats, which again, ancient Egypt. They actually love cats. Yeah. Um, I was going to say the Sphinx is a cat, but it's, it's a hybrid. Um, <laughs> so the domestication of cats is even more shrouded in mystery than that of the dogs, but it represents another intriguing aspect of human-animal bonds. Believed to be domesticated around 9,000 years ago in the Near East, 
cats entered human society not through deliberate human intervention but through a mutual benefit relationship that's why you said i know you said before about it has been proven but like uh cats are more symbiotic yes exactly uh, yeah dogs are more like you're we're in the pack kind of kind of jazz so early humans appreciated cats for their ability to control rodent populations while cats enjoyed a steady food source this as i said symbolic relationship gradually led to cats being welcomed into human homes a transition marked by their revered status in ancient egypt unlike dogs cats were primarily domesticated for companionship adapting to human society while maintaining their degree of wild independent nature so that's that yeah the next is horses Ah, yes. Can't forget, like, all the other animals that humans have used over the, the, the years. So no. They were domesticated around 4,000 4, 4, BCE before common era in the Eurasia steppe, marking a revolutionary advancement in human mobility, agriculture, and warfare. The domesticated horses enabled faster travel, more efficient trade, played a pivotal role in the expansion of empires. Horses were integral to warfare. The cavalry interest uh, uh, cavalry the scythians wasn't it yeah the scythian empire was um yeah who people who really I believe it was actually revolutionized the, um, the cavalry the the riders of rohan uh yeah well where were they when gondor called who were <laughs> they were gifted horses by name 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 the the elven the the elven city in the north yes okay um yeah yeah two possible timelines <laughs> who knows what's real who knows right <laughs> we're talking about, we're talking about ancient history it sounds if i didn't put elf in there it could have been right it could have been, been right. like yes. yeah the the like the anglo-saxons <laughs> riders of rohan were gifted from the north <laughs> from yeah. lands of Namir before Namir it fell um, they gifted them down and that's why the riders of Rohan have such good horses is because they were gifted them by uh, superior definitely not elven horses um, they <laughs> the horses they also well, contribute to agriculture development by playing known. fields what was that? I was going to say the riders of the Riddermark known for their uh, horse prowess yes uh, plowing fields transporting goods underscoring their versatile and impact role in human society. The journey from wild animals to domestic pets is not just a tale of human ingenuity or so well, but also a story of mutual adaptation and shared destinies. Destinies. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's nice. really interesting some, that, some history. actually. Um, also, like, cattle, sheep, pigs, all of these things. That they're not... I don't... Ca- that's not... They're not pets. Sorry. No, but, that, that but they're domesticated. I'm not saying they're pets, but yeah, they are domesticated. slaughter... Yeah, but not like in the fun kind of way. Well, sometimes there is no fun kind of way with these things. We have still domesticated them and co-evolved with them. We have forced them through selective breeding to evolve in a certain way that benefits us. Whether we're okay with that or not, it's just the case, unfortunately. Um, they are domesticated. Um, right. Fun places. What, what's fun places. very interesting with these, though, uh, is... <laughs> You know, dogs obviously have very different breeds, even though we consider them one species, right? Um, but they look very different. And you have the same with cows and sheep as well. Um, and studies have been done with dogs, cows, and sheep to see if they can recognize other dogs, cows, and sheep from other animals, which they can very easily. But can they also recognize members of their own breed easier than other dogs, cows, or sheep. And it turns out they're very good at it. Just visually uh, can recognize members of their own breed more than just mm-hmm. members of their own species. Uh, very cool uh, studies on all of that. Yeah. Um, another study backing this up, and I don't know if you came across okay. this in your, uh, in your research, was the, the domestication of the silver fox. No. Have you heard about this? So there was a, a Soviet geneticist in 1959 called Dmitry Belayev. Maybe I've said that correct. I don't know. Um, he was interested in how wolves became dogs. And he was like, can I replicate this? But instead of doing it in tens of thousands of years, can I do it in, you know, decades? Oh, yeah. So he needed a species which was completely wild. So he decided on the silver fox. And the goal of the experiment was to replicate the domestication observed in dogs at a rapid time scale 
um, Volpis Volpis is the, the silver fox that they use because mm-hmm. they exhibit similar behaviors to wild dogs. So the experiment involves selecting and breeding silver foxes based purely on their behavior. So not aesthetics or anything, just on their behavior towards humans. They categorize them into aggressive, indifferent, and tame foxes, and they only bred the tame foxes with each other. Over generations, the researchers continue to selectively breed the tamest foxes, um, and essentially, after several generations, it really didn't even take that long. I think 25 years, not even. Mm-hmm. The tame foxes begin to exhibit behaviors typical of domesticated animals. So increased friendliness, reduced aggression, greater willingness to interact with humans. Some foxes even develop physical changes, such as spotted coats and curly tails, which are common in domesticated dogs. And it's thought that these genetic changes um, were observed because that they suggest that there's a strong genetic basis for the observed behavioral traits and domestication as well as these kind of aesthetic traits that come along with it. Um, so essentially, it gave people at the time pretty valuable insights on the genetic basis for domestication and that you can select for one thing and it may bring another thing with it. And this phenomenon is known as domestication syndrome, especially when it comes to coat patterns and curly tails and things. Um yeah. Domestication station, you know. Yeah, they. they, they uh, I think this experiment was going on till fairly recently. I'll have to look that up. When did the fox experiment end? Fourteen years after his death, it's still in progress. Well, wow. so nineteen fifty-nine. Yeah, it absolutely does. Um. Yep, still going on. And you can Google images of this, of these domesticated silver foxes. And they really do look more, I don't know, friendly <laughs> than you you would expect. Yeah. More dog-like. Different to wild foxes, of course. So it, it just goes to show selective breeding is such a powerful force. Um and obviously it results in the different dog breeds that we see today and, you know, the different traits that they have and health problems kept within breeds, mm-hmm, that mm-hmm, kind of mm-hmm. thing. Um, yep. But yeah, very cool. I guess it's kind of proof in the, in the pudding, really. It was thought that that was the, the process and now it's been shown that, that that is the case. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. Um, what what else you got then, my dude? Uh, ooh, has a mark some cognition. Oh, we so always love you know, a bit of cognition. Yeah, which is animal cognition in pets. I think it's, it's is there like a, a special subsection for pets? Like you say, domesticated animals. So one hundred percent domesticated animals have a different psychology than wild. You'd imagine so. So oftentimes when we're looking uh, to pick study species, so I was involved in a project once where we were comparing uh, seal brains to some other animal, um, and we thought about using dogs, but then we decided actually we couldn't because their brains have probably been modified somewhat by domestication. So it is something Mm -hmm. that you have to take into consideration, yeah. Oh, so it's different. Yes, but yeah. So it's the the field that bridges psychology, neuroscience, and the ethology to understand how animals think, learn, perceive, interact with their environment and human companions. The subtopic, which kind of dives into the capabilities of our pets, highlighting their cognitive abilities, emotional intelligence, and the ways in which they communicate and understand the world around them. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where it has the ability to grind my gears with dog owners that are like not shouting at their dogs but sometimes when they shout at their dogs and you'd be like yeah you are an absolute bloody idiot i was about to keep my f-bombs on the low <laughs> like do you actually think this animal can understand the words that you're saying are you that absolutely idiotic 
that you think the dog's like going to understand the words that's coming out of your mouth to do with it peeing on the carpet. Yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, they... would you shout at a three-year-old and be like, use all your big fancy words and expect it to know like what's going on around the, and how to process the loud noises that you're making? I think no. if there's a Venn diagram between people who shout at three-year-olds and people who shout of dogs, there's probably a lot of overlap there. <laughs> Because these people, as you say, but you point out, they just do not understand that concept. They just, they just yeah. have anger, right? Um, yeah. I think that there is some evidence to show that dogs know when they've done something bad, like through conditioning, right? And if you're upset, mm. however, yeah. there is a massive link uh, where a lot of people don't understand. Like, if you come home and the dogs chewed up the carpet, the pillows, whatever it is, and they've done that four hours ago. And you sh- you tell them off then. They have no correlation between what they've done and yes. your anger. Yes, yeah, yeah. So yeah. all that they then start to learn is you coming home equals mad, equals yeah. bad, right? So actually, yeah. you then coming home is more of a trigger for them to start doing those things. So I think a lot of people get dogs without understanding like a lot of the psychology and training. Uh, yeah processes 100%. right um, yeah like you need to be more more smart yes uh use more brain cells to think about like when you have a dog in like all those small things that you could be like a trigger or the way that you teach it is yeah. like yeah get a clicker reinforcement, get, some, get a whistle that kind of stuff it's, there's an Clickers. incredible book by Clickers. karen pryor who was a dolphin trainer in the 90s. Um, mm-hmm. She wrote a book about training dolphin trainers, which is very interesting. But the one she wrote specifically for training dogs is called Don't Shoot the Dog. Um, I think it came out 2010 or something. It's fairly easy to find a PDF online. Otherwise, it's actually quite cheap. Um, so if you're going to get a dog, it's really I think it's not that long, maybe a couple hundred pages. Just incredible just resource. Like Even if you only got that, you'd be so much further ahead on just the how you should think approach training mentally uh Mm -hmm. really changes the game like when i went to train dolphins that's that's what we were told to read (laughs) like yeah so yeah a lot of people also don't re uh, don't realize that you can train cats cats fully can be trained oh you just literally train anything so so long but like compared to a dog Obviously, it can do. Um, well, and they, you, find their you have to reinforce right? it a bit more. Yeah. So if your cat loves food, great. If not, <laughs> then find something else. But that—that's the difficult part, right? Um, yeah. For example, like chickens are some of the easiest things to train if your technique is good. Um, you got a good technique. Yeah. Like you mm-hmm. can train pigeons in visual discrimination fairly quickly. So you you could do that with a cat. You can teach a cat to give you its paw. But I think we just don't have that association, do we, between training a cat where we, whilst we do as training a dog. People have that expectation, right? Mm, yeah, I think. 100%. It's yeah. not the same. It's completely different. Completely but, different. Sorry. I've Especially if of... you've got a ginger cat that's got uh, one brain cell. Yes, exactly. The, the amoeba cat. <laughs> <laughs> the amoeba cat yeah yeah you have to call that, it john amoeba um, now someone that i know uh who lives down down here down by ear down by uh way. has a ginger bane coon okay <sighs> if i had the money and the space outside <laughs> that i could let it go outside and like have it caged in so uh it didn't run off yeah i would it just it, it'd be so funny to me like the personality of a ginger cat in like this huge cat body. Yeah. Yeah. Print it. Print it off. Um. Sorry. You carry on with your your cognition there. 
Uh, yeah, man, I didn't really get into any of it, to be honest. No, sorry, um, I realised I just I, I went off on one because <laughs> I, just, I just love cognition and animals, but you, you go for it. Well, we're kind of talking about a whole a whole bunch of stuff with this already. It, in the cognition stuff I had with dogs, you know, gestures, words, emotions, uh, they can learn, learn hundreds of words, commands, recognise humans' emotional states. That's why they're really good at being support dogs. Um, even understanding, like, having the cognition or precognition in this in that those circumstances to be able to know before the human does like if they're having a panic attack whether they need to like lie down under their head so they don't hit their head against the floor if they're having gonna have a seizure or something um bomb smelling uh it's wild isn't it finding uh health care issues before they they know um and birds as well birds is another one Known for their Those would be crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Problem solving skills of a, like a uh, corvid, mm. which are crows Insane. and ravens. Yes, crows, ravens, and any of the blackbirds. Singing in the dead of night, I heard. Don't sue us. <laughs> um, <laughs> can you be really sued for just quoting a lyric? No. If you sing it, if you sing it. Um, uh, you get a creative use, 1%. One percent. Yeah, but we so back in the day. Story time. Back in the day, we used one uh, percent, even less than one percent. We did like an hour and a half episode and had one clip of music, and we someone tried to claim claim it because we put it we put it on YouTube back in the day. Yeah, but it wasn't uh, even the actual person. <laughs> wasn't even. It was a really crap rapper who had sampled the original and then tried to claim the that he we'd sampled his music. Get out, get out of here. I think that, they were just just like, like, that was their income trap. Yeah, yeah. I just counterclaimed it and had to wait 30 days. It's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. I think that's, you know, that's all I'm going to talk about with cognition because my cognition is rapidly declining. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> you, need to get, you need to get a pet, mate. That's, that's the only thing <laughs> for I, it. I do. Do you know what, isn't it? Every, I think it's every two weeks, I get sent emails from the local animal shelters about cats that are available to save do it <sighs> it's a rough it's a rough morning when that comes in both it's both rough and not rough but rough because i'm like i need to go save them but i rough would be like i can't at the moment because we can't look after it because we're not gonna be around maybe yeah. like after march maybe maybe for my like my birthday i'll go get myself a cat what would grace do if you just she came home one day and you're like oh i got a cat uh yeah meet john um <laughs> <laughs> meet john <laughs> i'd shoot i think she would love it Okay, that's good so she, she she's been vocal that in saying like where's my cat or where's my dog and then i say we're renting can't have a dog but we can have a cat so i would like um, to stipulate uh here that uh getting a pet especially dogs cat should never be a surprise you see people get given pets for christmas and they have no idea about it um oh i just don't think that's okay like what if that person's just not in a position already or you know that should be a conversation that's had before pets are received yeah like can you afford it? this is the thing that we were talking about uh over on the weekend when especially when it comes to pets is like can you afford the insurance can you afford if you can't afford the insurance what are you going to do when like the emergency surgery is like ten thousand pounds to save your animal and you can't afford it yeah like i think people you're think gonna have to live with cost, but then there's the upkeep cost yeah food toys uh beds crates leads shoes because uh, you'll be care. walking when, a when lot you more. go away care yeah um you know these dinkwads are sending their dogs to daycare now as well Yes. Yeah, doggy socializing. And, yeah, daycare. Doggy daycare, doggy training as well. Yeah. Yeah, doggy university. Get that dog a diploma. Yeah, get your doggy diploma. That's And obviously everyone's <laughs> got to get their dog an Instagram account just in case it becomes Insta-famous <laughs> and then that that <laughs> that supplements your income. Yeah, I used <laughs> to work with a woman that was like put a dog through uh, like the doggy diploma stuff and was getting like really serious and was actually concerned about the dog's cognitive ability because it was like a bit slower than the other dogs in the class and I was like please tell me you're joking 
please say psych right now like say say psych right now that you really care that your dog's cognitive ability is slower than the other dogs in your in your class that was that was pure dink behavior dink board behavior yeah pure dink board behaviors 100 um yeah. i had not heard of be- uh, dog diplomas before i'd said diploma just because you were, they were sending it through university so now that i'm learning it's actually a thing wow Yeah, that's that's a thing. It's fully a thing. Interesting. Okay, fair. Is indeed. Fair. Um, yeah, upkeep. Pet shouldn't be a surprise. Upkeep, untap, draw. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, the secret lair deck was was dog based recently. <laughs> it was. It was. I want people to know that it's like a a special secret release of magic the gathering where they make all the cards look really pretty yeah um fun times all right mm-hmm. so we're just hitting the hour mark have you got anything else you'd like to uh sneak somehow in? it feels like we haven't talked about anything yet we've covered an hour so if you're out there and you're still listening i we appreciate that you've listened to us ramble about pets for an hour. We just had a good time. Uh, and how we we, we snuck in some information yeah, tidbits some, here and some, there, you know. Some domestication, some cognition. But we talked about yeah. experiments. We did, we did. Not the bad ones though. We even talk about Pavlov. Is it Pavlov? Yeah, Pavlov and, and his, his dog. dogs. Yeah, we didn't even talk about that. No, the bell, the, the conditioning, yeah. Uh, yeah. That's just basically the quintessential basis for, for training. Uh, conditioning, I call it these days. Yeah, um, when you yeah, just to, everyone knows what it is. What is it? This is a slob ring, oh, and then so you feed them, and then you ring it, the bell. It first came from the fact that uh, Pavlov had this setup of dogs. Don't look at the pictures because it's absolutely gross, especially if you like dogs. Um, but you know, ethics was a different thing back then. Basically, he would feed dogs and ring a bell. Um, obviously, the dogs would like salivate because they were they were eating food they could smell the food uh, etc um eventually you could just ring the bell and the dogs would associate that sound with food so they'd begin to like salivate um now yeah. positive reinforcement training techniques um you'll like when you get a puppy or you get a, a rescue or something and you want to start training them you'll give them some food you'll use a clicker or a whistle or something you can easily constantly produce a sound that sounds the same all the time so the dog builds an association with that clicker noise uh, with food so when you ask them to do something like sit and they sit oftentimes it takes you maybe a few seconds to get the food out they may not have that reinforcement that quickly so Mm -hmm. you click use a clicker or a whistle to reinforce that they've done the behavior correctly um, immediately as they as they do the thing and it uh, builds a much stronger uh, training paradigm um, because then then they get the food anyway but they've understood that they do the right thing immediately without you going oh well done here's some food that may come you know up to five seconds late mm-hmm. uh, so that's that's conditioning and we, we basically employ that from anything from dogs to dolphins do you, do you hear about the, the story about the guy that conditioned himself to poke one spot in his back uh, and he would do it when he went for a wee and he would always poke the same spot in his back. So if he ever needed to, like, wee, he could poke. Like, he conditioned himself to, if he felt pressure in that spot, that he could, like, urinate. Oh, no, that's um, a good one. Yeah, fine and dandy until, like, he got in a bit of a pinch with, like, I think it was his girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> Accidentally found the right spot in his back, and he just pissed the bed. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, that's tragic. Uh, yeah. Uh, Funny, though. Such hubris. Such yeah. hubris. <laughs> Such hubris. <laughs> All right. Well, with that um, pissing the bed story, we will wrap up the episode <laughs> there. Um, yes. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to share this with your friends, families, people getting pets, maybe, or just with your pets directly. We heard that they love this show. If you want more fun information sites, you can follow us on Twitter and TikTok at InfoEntropyPod, Instagram, InformationEntropyPod, and of course, whichever directory you're listening to this on right now. If you give us a like, rating, follow, comment, whatever it is, we appreciate it massively. And of course, if you have any questions you would like us to research on your behalf, then you can get in touch. We'll give you a shout out if you want it. And uh, yes, you'll have an episode dedicated 
to your topic. But I, I think that will bring us yeah. to the end there then. Hey, that's, anything that's else? A roundabout. That's it. Roundabouts. Yep. Implementing them in your country if they're not there yet. <laughs> yep. Song by uh, Yes. Yes. All right. It's the roundabout. The, do you know the meme? The the, the continued. No. Meme. Like if someone like is obviously about to like get slapped or something, and like the the image grays out, and then it has like a to be continued on the bottom right hand of the side of the screen. Right. The roundabout is the is the music that plays. Ah, uh, okay. Let's take the tidbit for you there. So I unironically learned it on the guitar. At some point in my previous life when I used to play the guitar a lot. Just so you it. could play it to people. Yeah. Yeah. Fair. All right. Well, and with that, we'll see you guys <laughs> next time. Ciao for now.